and welcome to the Hand in Hand show where caregivers and survivors have honest discussions about stroke. We are a part of Stroke Focus Podcasts. This is Cam, your host, and I'm with Nancy Weckworth. And today our guest is Dr. Rachel Prophet, who is an assistant professor in the Department of Occupational Therapy at the University of Missouri. And we're going to talk about her research that focuses on developing, testing, and implementing virtual reality-based interventions for adults and older adults with neurological conditions. Rachel, I would love to welcome you to the show. Hi, thank you for having me. It's a pleasure because I was reading through your stuff and I'm really excited about this because it was at WashU. I actually went to a research study and we made me play some games and do some stuff and got my feedback on how I felt about it. It's been about three years ago, I guess, four, but it was shortly after my stroke. And I really enjoyed doing that and being able to be a part of that. But I don't know if this is part of what you're still kind of working with now or if you were working with that at WashU when you were there. So just tell us a little bit about this and how you came into this, and we'll go from there. Sure. So um, I'm assuming likely the, the research study that you mentioned was done by some uh, predecessors of mine. Uh, I started at Washington University in St. Louis in um, graduate school to become an occupational therapist, and I started working in a research lab uh, under the direction of Dr. Jack Ainsberg, and somebody from computer science came by his lab one day and said, I'd really like to take what I'm doing as a programmer and mash it with rehab. And I, I just happened to be there that day, you know, coding data, and I spun around, I literally spun around in my chair and I said, this is what I want to do. I want to make rehab fun for people. You know, what I was learning in OT school, we were learning about stacking cones and bands and kind of boring exercises. I said, there's got to be a way to make this more fun for people. And it just, it kind of took off from there. Um, I went from WashU to the University of Southern California and uh, worked with a, a lab there and they had all kinds of new novel high technologies. Um, you know, we started working with the Microsoft Connect camera, the Oculus Rift, and um, I learned, you know, how to work with engineers, programmers. I learned a little bit about game design, and um, it's just been a really nice uh, collaborative interdisciplinary process uh, throughout my years getting into this um, with as a focus for my research. And my and as my goal as an OT is to bring this to the people that really need it most um, to. Uh, to use for their rehab process, you know, I think this is a, a nice additional tool for our, our toolbox as OTs and I just want, I want to make it more fun. I wouldn't want to sit there and do exercises all day long. Um, I'd rather play a game. Yes, absolutely, because I know that for me going through occupational or even physical therapy, you needed something a little bit more. I mean, it wasn't that the exercises didn't work or that whatever they planned for me wasn't good. It was just, like you said, it was boring or it was, it was so taxing. It's not that playing a game is still work, but I love this idea. It's my understanding you're basically focusing on the stroke population. So why stroke? So why stroke? 
Yeah, why a stroke? You know, it, it kind of came to me that, you know, as, a, as an OT, what I see, this is a population that it's so diverse. You know, each person that has a stroke, their outcomes, their abilities, their what they want to get back to in life, every person is so different. And I, I love that as an OT because, you know, I, I really feel like I can, I can challenge my abilities to deliver client-centered practice because each person has to have a different treatment plan. They have different goals. And, and you know, in order to really get them back to their, you know, full everyday life, it needs to be truly tailored and customized to them. And I think that's where the, where the benefits of game come in is we can truly customize those games to each individual person and make it fun for each individual person. Uh, and I saw that, you know, people, somebody who's had a stroke, you know, they may have weakness in their arm. They may have weakness in their leg. They may have weakness in both their arm and their leg. They may have difficulties with remembering things. They may have difficulties paying attention to one side of visual space and maybe all of those combined. Um, and so in terms of the movement and, and thinking abilities, it was it was just a, just a great diversity, and that was a nice, it was a, kind of a challenge to me as an OT, um, but it was a challenge to figure out, could I make something that could potentially be used by a, you know, a large, uh, large diverse population? Um, you know, whereas I think, you know, think about somebody who's had a knee replacement, you know, it's pretty much they do the same surgery more or less each time. Yes, it's somewhat customized, but you know, the outcomes tend to be kind of similar after a stroke. You know, recovery for each person is different. The amount of time it takes to recover is different. And I wanted to see how could we fit games into that process um, throughout the process. And so, and I think for me, I, I love talking with, you know, somebody who's had a stroke. I learned so much. Um, you know, even though I've gone through OT school, I've been practicing for a couple of years. Every time I talk with somebody, I learn something new. And I just, I love that as a clinician and as a researcher. It's, uh, it's, it fuels my passion for doing what I do and just, and it just keeps the cycle, keeps me going. Yeah. I, you know, and I, I so get that because each stroke survivor, our journey is so different. I mean, we could have almost the same type of stroke in almost the same place, but it's it's different. It's not the outcome is not going to be exactly the same, or or our therapy isn't going to to address the same things. Um, you, and this is funny, and I've talked about this before. But my stroke was on the right side, and my left side was the affected side. But in the end, it's my right arm and my left leg. All they can tell me is it it was in like this spot that can do that. So, you know, that's somebody else could have the same thing and maybe it was just a millimeter to the you know left or something and and who knows. But anyway, uh, so I I think this is great. Nancy, did you wanna pipe in any questions or or did you have a thought? Well, I just find this really fascinating. What kind of games have you worked on already and what is your goal with these games? And for the third question, how are people responding to them? Sure. So what kind of games? Actually, I'll, I'll sort of talk through a little bit of the process that we go through. Um, Perfect. And this, yeah. And this has been from, from the beginning when I started at WashU through USC to where I currently am at the University of Missouri. Um, you know, we, we've not wanted to reinvent the wheel in terms of devices because, you know, back in 2007, 2008, the uh, Nintendo Wii had 
come out. So there's the Wii Remote and the Wii Fit Balance Board, and they were really good devices. They Bluetooth, they were actually relatively accurate in terms of tracking um, you know, weight shift when the person was standing on it, or the, the gyroscope and accelerometer in the Wii Remote was fairly accurate in tracking uh, movement and um, acceleration. So we said, well, we don't, we don't want to make something new. Let's just use what's out there. And they already, they already talked via Bluetooth to computers. So we said, well, the, the games that come with the uh, Nintendo Wii or the you know, Xbox Connect, they're designed for entertainment. They're not designed for rehab. Um, I see good applications of them you know, in clinics and hospitals, but they are still designed for entertainment. And I can only use them with a very small percentage of my patient population. So let's make custom rehab software. Let's make those custom games that work for rehab, work for stroke rehab, and pair them with the devices um, that already exist. And those devices are relatively low cost too. Um, right now you can go and get the entire Wii, I think, for something around $100. Um, you can buy the Xbox Kinect camera for, I think, actually just about $100 now. Um, so the prices are, are pretty good. You, know, you don't have to buy a $1,000 expensive robotic system. Um, so we paired these low-cost, off-the-shelf devices with custom rehab software, and this was the solution that we came up with. And so the games and, and what I currently use right now uses the Xbox or the Microsoft Kinect camera. Um, it doesn't require you to hold anything, doesn't require you to put on any special markers or a bodysuit. You just literally stand in front of the camera, move your arms, move your legs, um, move your body, and is able to track uh, movement. We have it so that you can play sitting, standing, um, standing with a uh, standard aluminum frame walker in front of you, um, standing in parallel bars like in the clinic. Um, you could stand on a foam surface. You could hold weights in your hands. The nice thing is you just have to stay, you just have to be in front of the camera. Um, so we use that camera with custom software. And uh, the software, it's kind of fun. Um, it allows for the therapist to make the customizations that they need to for each individual patient. So this could be used with somebody, you know, a stroke survivor who has not a whole lot of movement, isn't able to stand up, you know, maybe has neglect on uh, one side of visual space, all the way to somebody who's able to, you know, stand all the way up and, um, you know, weight shift side to side and, you know, really is looking for a little bit of cognitive challenge and we can pair all that together. So it, it really spans the, the, the spectrum of patients that I see. It's a, it's a fun little island that you can go around and you collect different objects. And the nice thing is you play in three-dimensional space too. So it's truly like the real world. So it's not just a 2, 2D game. You are reaching and moving in 3D space, just the way that you reach and move in your everyday three-dimensional life. And uh, so, and the other neat thing is it records all of the data. So in order to be tracked by the camera, um, it more or less figures out where all of your different joints are. So your head, your shoulders, your hips, your elbows, your wrists, and uses that to play the game. So not only does it use that to play the game, but it tells you where that joint was in three-dimensional space while you were playing the game. And for all of those different joints, if I were to take measurements of each of those joints, it would take me 30 minutes 
to get one measurement of each of your joints in your body at one point in time. This is recording for all you know, 25 different points that it tracks over the course of the game while you're doing functional movements geared towards your rehab. And that's data that we've never been able to get. Um, not only is this in the clinic, but it's in the home. So yeah, I could send this home with somebody to play. I'm not there. I have it set to games that are appropriate for them and achieving their goals in rehab. Um, and then I can go back and look at that data and see how well they did, see how much they did. And we're not able to get a look at that at right now in rehab. I send somebody home with a list of exercises and a checklist and I, I kind of know whether or not they did them if they're truthful, um, you know, but I don't know how well they did. They can tell me they did 20 repetitions of something or they, you know, did this specific activity, um, but I'm never really sure, you know, were they hiking their shoulder up or were they leaning over to the side? Um, with this, I can, I can see, I can see that. Um, so that, that's, that's the exciting thing about it. That's really cool. Can you tell us about some of the quote unquote play that they do with this, where you, where you retrieve this data from? What's the play factor for the person who's doing this? Um, so I guess the play factor is, you know, it depends on the game too. Um, so some of them are, are simple and designed to be simple so that somebody who, you know, may not be able to focus for a long period of time is simply just sort of interacting with um, different virtual objects in the world. Um, another game might be that you have to, you know, more or less uh, a sentence comes up on the screen and then you have all the words from the sentence sort of scrambled up and you have to pick them and put them in order. And then you get, you know, 10 points at the end once you put them all um, in the correct order. Um, or you have to follow, you, I don't know if you remember the Simon game from the 1990s where it was a little touch uh, circle and, and there were four lights on it that lit up and you have to touch them in the order in which they lit up. So it would be like red, red, blue, red, blue, green. So we have that as a game. So it, it challenges both the mind and the body. It takes your, your focus off of the movements that you're doing and it's now projected into the game itself. So really what you're focusing on is I'm trying to get the right answer. I'm trying to select the correct thing. I'm trying to do this as fast as I can or be as accurate as I can. Um, and then you don't realize, but you've now just done 100 repetitions of something. Exactly. Uh, it doesn't feel like it. <laughs> right. It's kind of a trick. Um, what's your average age of your patient that uses this? Are, are these the younger people or do you, or do they go with the more elderly people? I, my actually, my, my target population is about 45 to 85. Wow. I, I had, I had a guy, I, I brought this um, to the Center for Successful Aging at Cal State Fullerton when I was in Los Angeles and they have um, older adults that are, they're still living in the community. They come in and they do like yoga classes and um, sort of, you know, personal development classes. And we were able to talk with a group of them, and I had them play the game. This was actually a very early prototype. I had one guy that was 92. He stepped right in front of it, picked it up, you know, no problem, played through, gave me some great feedback. And, you know, as I'm thinking to myself, age is only a number, right? Right. Uh, yes. So, you know, he was 92, and he picked it up. And um, I've had people that are 50 and can't figure it out. So I think it's, uh, it's a, sometimes it's a matter of, you know, are they – not just are they comfortable with technology, but are they willing to, you know, try it out and learn it? And we try and make it as user-friendly as, as possible. You know, all you have to do is double-click a button and push play. 
and that's it. You know, I don't, I didn't want to have somebody have to go through a lot of different steps because that that's, that's a barrier to use. Um, so we just make it, you know, click, play, go. And the reason why I asked the question is I was, uh, the younger population is usually a little bit more technology oriented and some of these elderly people don't have a clue what click means. And so that's, that becomes a challenge. I used to teach in a faculty computer lab. And one of the things I did to teach people how to use a mouse because they didn't know how to do it was teach them to play solitaire on the computer. And yeah. then within, within half an hour, they were mousing everything automatically and it was a good trick. So how many games do you have available? Can you, do you know an actual number or, you know, so are, you, gonna, I, yeah. are we looking at 10 of them or are we looking at a thousand? <laughs> no, not a thousand. <laughs> um, I think that the nice thing is, is that I think of what we have is, is less of a game itself is more of an architecture that allows the therapist to customize it truly to the person. So it really is a pairing of what the game itself. So you could play that Simon game and you could have a person play it standing and then you could have them play it sitting and maybe up the cognitive challenge of the game. So as you play around with those variables, what the game itself is changes for that person or changes in between between people. Um, and it, it's just kind of the way that I approach rehab is, you know, I have sort of all these tools available at my disposal. It's sort of the combination with the person and their goals and what they can do, it's a completely different treatment than if I were to use, maybe use some of those same tools with somebody else. Um, so it's just, the, it's the decision of the therapist in, in building out the games themselves that make it possible. So I guess in, you know, if you were to you know, do the permutations of all of this, I don't know how many would come out to be, but. Um, that explains it. <laughs> yeah. That answers my question. So yeah. is this available for home use or is this, best used in a therapy situation who buys it do the therapist put it into their into their therapy office how does this work so i'm still in the we're still in the research phases at this point um so what what i did at usc was just small little uh case studies with people and i was, I was really getting at that you know could they use it in the home without me there um you know with maybe a once a week check-in mm -hmm. um, you know were they able to handle the technology and then sort of a you know what did they Thing. Did they like it? Was it feasible? Um, and, and I say they were. And the average age for uh, the four that I had use it was about 56. So um, pretty young on the younger side. But um, unfortunately, in, in California, the age of stroke is getting uh, lower and lower, uh, especially with the Hispanic population. Um, it's a, it's a, it's yeah, it's sad. So. Um, but the, they, they, they really enjoyed it. They, they loved using it. Um, and they were able to use it without me there. And so what I'm doing now is uh, doing this with a larger cohort of individuals to see um, not just, you know, are they able to use it, but then are we seeing changes in our clinical outcomes? So are they able to use their art more? Um, are they you know, able to get themselves dressed a little bit better? Or now suddenly they can reach up one more shelf in the kitchen, um, you know, they're able to start grasping objects um, when they're going to cook, whatever their, whatever their goals are. Um, and so that, that's, that's where I'm at right now. And then I ultimately hope to be able to run a much larger trial to show that this leads to improvements in, you know, upper extremity function, balance, and then, you know, activity of daily living performance, and ultimately quality of life and participation in society.
you know, that's our, that's, that'd be my ultimate goal is I want to get back to, you know, my life and being able to do as much as I can. So I would hope that would be the, the end goal for someone. And I would hope that what I what I, what we're doing with the VR helps them get to that point. You know, it's not the solution, but it's one more solution that we potentially could have available. More tool. Yeah. You mentioned um, some reading things that they have to do. Are you finding success with retraining speech based upon the cognitive exercises that you're doing with this? Um, I'm, I'm not necessarily looking at that at that, at this point. Um, you know, I have, I, however, I am in the school of health profession. So we have communication sciences disorders right down the hallway. And, um, I think, uh, you know, as I move forward, I'd love to, you know, collaborate with my colleagues and you know, tracking those outcomes. Um, what I, I, we do do some cognitive, uh, outcome measures and, uh, we are seeing some improvements in, uh, like sustained attention, so being able to, you know, focus on something for a longer period of time. Um, one of my favorite uh, stories that I have from doing, you, I used to do very early, you know, user testing with the prototype of the game before it got to the point that it is now. And I would bring it into clinics and have people who had brain injury, stroke, try it out and give me real feedback on what they thought. We had um, one kid, I guess, he was 20, um, a brain injury, he fell off the scaffolding. Um, he was, uh, he didn't have a lot of movement, um, and the OT said, yeah, I really want to work on him being able to reach forward, but nothing holds his attention, nothing really motivates him to, you know, reach out and move his arms, you know, I'm sorry, I'm, I want to, you know, I want him to work on this, so we can, you know, maybe work on reaching out and, you know, picking up clothes or his toothbrush or something, but I can't motivate him, so we sat him in front of the game and uh, I just turned it on so that all he had to do was sort of reach out and whenever, if he sort of, if he moved his arms at all in front of him in space, something would happen on the screen and you would get little dings and sparkles and, you know, things would flash red. And so we, he started moving his arms and that happened on the screen. And then he got really excited. He kept moving more and more and more. We ultimately got to the point where he played for about 15 or 20 minutes and the OT's like the longest I've ever been able to have him focus on a task was like three minutes at a time. So to see him play for 15 to 20 minutes was huge. That's and awesome. Paying attention on one task at a time. Um, and so I, I, I think there's some definite, uh, you know, potential benefits uh, in that, that area. Yeah. So. Absolutely. That's exciting. Yeah. I love to hear these type of stories um, and your passion for this. You can just see it. Well, we can see you. The people who are going to listen won't be able to see you, but I can see it in your face as we talk here. I hear it in your voice. This is just something that's really, um, well, that's really your passion that you're excited about. And um, I can feel that this is, huge and helping a lot of people, not just stroke survivors, but I do think that this will go on and, and be more, but I'm so glad that you're doing this for stroke. And you probably have already hit on this a little bit. What's your goal for your research? And where do you want to be in the end or in the grand scheme of things? Do you want it to keep going and, and get bigger and a larger population? Do you just want where you are now and just make sure that it works? What do you see? So I want you to picture this. So if you think back to when you first had your, your stroke, 
right? You came to the ER and the hospital. Um, you know, most people spend a couple days in the hospital, depending on the severity of the stroke. Um, but you know, you have OT come by, PT come by, sometimes speech. Um, you know, when you're when you're in the hospital, sometimes they may give you exercises, they do therapy with you. Um, some people then go on to inpatient rehab or, or, or acute rehab. Um, some people go home. Some people then maybe if they go to inpatient rehab might then um, be discharged home and then um, come back for outpatient therapy. So they they participate in a lot of different uh, components in the rehab process, a lot of different settings. And I having having worked in those in those rehab settings, there's not a lot of communication that goes from the hospital to inpatient to outpatient. Um, sometimes, you know, things get missed. You, you may do a discharge evaluation on somebody when they leave the hospital, and then they come to inpatient rehab, and they have another evaluation um, by the therapist there. And it's like, well, why didn't these two people talk to each other? So I, what I would love is for this game, this software, to follow the person across all of those different settings. So they start playing it when they get into the hospital right after their stroke, um, you know, we maybe collect some data, we, uh, you know, get a sense of how well they're able to move their arm, what their balance looks like, and, and set some games for them there. If they move on to inpatient rehab, the game goes with them, and they're able to play it there. And then if they come back for outpatient therapy, it goes with them there. Maybe they start having it at home now. Um, and it shifts and molds and, and shapes it it shapes itself based on the setting in which they're in and what their goals are for that particular setting and really follows them throughout the entire process. There's really not anything out there that, that's like that, other than, you know, sometimes I've seen somebody come to outpatient rehab with the same TheraBand that they got when they were in the hospital. Um, you know, that's just really the only thing that I've seen travel across the, all the different settings, but how neat would it be? I mean, because, the, because of the inherent flexibility of the software, it could be tailored to each stage of recovery, to each stage of the rehab process. Um, that was, that's kind of my ultimate, you know, you know, $100,000 goal. <laughs> um, maybe probably more than that. Uh, and, you know, I, I'd love to be able to um, show that this really does work by, have, by doing it, like I said, doing a study with a larger, uh, larger number of people. And is it available for us to purchase yet, or is not, it? No, not right now. Um, so, I mean, I've, I'm currently looking for people to participate in research studies. I mean, right now I'm in the Columbia, Missouri area. And that being said, we tend to see people within about a two-hour driving radius from us uh, because central Missouri tends to hit pretty much central Missouri. Um, you know, and I have colleagues that are doing similar studies throughout the U.S., so I would say if you're somebody who's had a stroke and you want to participate in this process, um, I'm happy if you reach out to me, and depending on where you are, I can connect you with a colleague of mine, but I encourage you to be part of the process, because we, in order to make these things work for the end user, which is somebody with stroke, um, you need to be part of the process. And, and that, that has been so beneficial to me to be able to talk to somebody who's had a stroke and they say, I really like that piece in your game and or that doesn't make a whole lot of sense or you know, I can't do that or I can do this. And to hear their feedback early on and throughout the process has been so beneficial. Um, so I say, you know, just get, get your foot in the door and, and talk to somebody who's doing research. We are, we are always 
um, we always value the opinions of, you know, the, the people that we um, provide care for. Yeah. I love research studies. Not only is it um, good for me, it's good for you all. It, it gives me that little extra therapy, which I love. And you're helping someone learn what's going to work in the future or not work in the future. And, and so this is so beneficial to us, to stroke survivors. So I really appreciate, I don't even know if appreciates the right word, but I think it's just such a needed type of play. Because if you can do it at home and it's fun, you'll be more likely to do it. Well, I have lots of questions and I'm going to request that we have Dr. Prophet back again because I could go on for hours with this because I'm very excited. Thank you so much for being with us today. Yes, I would love to have you back because there is so much more that we could talk about. I just want to say, I, you know, like you said, this, this is my passion. And, you know, from the moment I literally spun around in my chair to today, it's it's been such an exciting journey to see, you know, the technology advance the way that it has, um, to see the, you know, the interventions in our, our field have advanced, the science has advanced, um, you know, hopefully the funding advances with us. Um, <laughs> but, uh, you know, it's, I, I, I just, I hope that I'm able to get it to the, you know, to have my vision you know, become a reality. Um, it's getting there little by little. But, you know, my, my goal is, is not one of, you know, advancing my own dream. It is making healthcare better for somebody who's had a stroke or somebody who's going through rehab. You know, that's, that's why I became an OT is to, you know, not to help people, but to really get people um, back to that full you know, everyday participation in life. Well, I'm in. One of the last things I want to say is, is 15, 20 years ago, and Nancy and I have kind of hit on this before, too, because uh, her husband's uh, stroke was, was, I think it was 26 years ago. And yeah, 26 um, years. there wasn't anything. I mean, basically, you had a stroke. They said, okay, goodbye. You know, you're going home. And now it's so exciting to see you doing this. And that stroke survivors aren't just going home, they're going to inpatient rehab, they're going to outpatient therapy, they're finding their own therapies after all of this ends, you know, whatever, but, but this is wonderful. So I want to thank you. I want to ask you to come back again sometime. I really appreciate and love what you're doing and your enthusiasm. So thank you, Rachel. Uh, or Dr. Prophet, who again is um, an assistant professor in the Department of Occupational Therapy at the University of Missouri. She's in my state. I told her before we started that I was excited, number one, because I'm in Missouri, and uh, we don't usually get people that are right here and, and in my area. I hope you come back to see us again or to talk with us again. Give us an update or... or we can ask more questions. Certainly. Thanks for listening to today's episode of the Hand in Hand Show. We hope you enjoyed it. If you would like to keep the discussion going, please join Stroke Focus, the social media website dedicated to stroke survivors and caregivers. Stroke Focus is S-T-R-O-K-E-F-O-C-U-S. 
Stroke Focus is a part of Wohala, which in Mandarin means I have survived. If you wish to be a part of the show or would like to be interviewed as part of the show, please contact us at contact at strokefocus.net.